Hey, I'm really excited to be sharing with you this evening. This is something that I guess has been really on my heart this week. This is, uh, I guess I'm going to share with you a message that I've been, I guess, preaching to myself all week, uh, and hopefully you're encouraged by it. And this is, I guess, the unofficial second part of Slater's series that he started last week. Um, Because, man, that was a good message. If you haven't heard Pastor Slater's message from last week, make sure you check it out. Um, We're in in all good bookstores. No, in all uh, streaming platforms like YouTube. Uh, It's a really powerful message. And there was just a few things in that message that, that just really spoke to me and I guess hit me right where I was at. And one of the thoughts he shared was the thought of retraining your algorithm. And so I kind of just want to just dig a little bit deeper into some of that. Good podcast, by the way. Uh, dig a little bit deeper into some of those thoughts there um, about retraining our algorithm. Now, who here has social media? I'm assuming a, a few of us. Okay, guess a few of us. Okay, more, more people don't than I expected, but that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to explain some of it. No, I won't do that. Um, but you might know if you have, especially a social Instagram thing like Instagram uh, or TikTok, they work on an algorithm. Now, basically what the algorithm does is it pays attention to the kind of content that you interact with, and then it feeds you more of that content. So if you've ever wondered, why are these videos showing up in my feed? It's probably because you watched something similar in the past. And the, the algorithm is saying, oh, we need to, need to feed you some more of this. Now, I don't know if you've ever found out that you have a really whack algorithm. Has anyone ever discovered that? You're like, especially on the explore page or the for you page. And it's like, why, why am I seeing these videos? Um, and I, I remember recently having to kind of, I guess, retrain my algorithm a little bit because I was just getting so much random stuff. I was getting things uh, like, you know, the, uh, the five-minute crafts. Who's ever seen those? Where they like take a spoon and they turn it into a spoon. Have you seen that one? It's like, hang on, what? And so I'm getting five-minute crafts. I'm getting rapper news. Um, I, don't know about, <laughs> I don't know if you can just tell by what you know of me. I'm not really into rapper news, but I was getting plenty of rapper news. Uh, so I was getting some celebrity gossip. I was getting people handcrafting wooden sculptures. I was getting all kinds of weird things. I got a guy who was building a Lamborghini out of wood. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. And I'm just getting... <laughs> fed all of these random things. And they're the kind of things that I wouldn't have chosen, I guess, to interact with if the algorithm wasn't giving it to me. You know how you sign up for some things and it makes you say like what you're interested in. You have to pick your interests. They're not my interests, okay? I'm not interested in rapper news. I'm not interested in celebrity gossip. I'm not interested in five-minute crafts, as useful as about one in a thousand of them is. These are not things I would have intentionally chosen to be a part of what I was seeing. Yet, because I'd obviously interacted with those things in the past, clicked on headlines, clicked on clickbait, it's now feeding me it as a part of my algorithm. It's not really what I wanted to be, to be seeing, but it was feeding it to me because it was, I guess, responding to the habits that I've set. And, and I wonder if you've ever felt a similar way about life. Maybe you look at your life and you think there's some things in here that if I was able to choose, I wouldn't have chosen those things. If I was able to just get a smorgasbord of things I would like to have in my life, those are not things that I would like to have in there. I'd rather deal without fear. I would rather not be so anxious. I would rather not feel insecure. I would rather not have that habit that I have. Who knows? If, if, I think there's other people like that in here this evening, right? There's things in your life and you think, oh, if I could choose... 
I wouldn't choose those things. I would choose other things. Maybe my, my life right now is not so much a reflection of where I would like my life to be. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling like that this evening, it's okay. Good news is you can retrain your algorithm. You can, I guess because of what Jesus has done, we can actually start heading on a trajectory, a trajectory towards a great big life that he has called us to. But very much like Instagram, TikTok, it is our algorithm that decides what goes into our life. Not what we want, but how we act, the things we interact with, the people we let influence us that will determine what our life actually looks like. We can have all the right beliefs and knowledge and hopes and dreams for our life, but if we don't actually have actions that back it up, we're not going to end up going to the kind of places that we would like to go. So this evening, I would like to speak about retraining your algorithm. Retraining your algorithm. Turn the person beside you and say, retraining your algorithm. Very good. And a sign I think that maybe you need to retrain your algorithm is maybe you're saying things to yourself like, or thinking things like, I'm better than that. How did I end up here again? Why am I still struggling with this? I think if you're thinking these kind of thoughts, it's a sign maybe it's time to retrain the algorithm. The pat because the patterns that we have today will determine the life that we have tomorrow. The good news is we don't have to actually live as a victim to our algorithm. We can retrain our algorithm. Now, I've intentionally used the word retrain because I think a lot of us, we'd like to reset our algorithm, right? How good would it be if you could log into Instagram, reset your algorithm, and just have the things that you want showing up in your Explore page? But the fact is, just like in life, we actually have to learn to retrain our algorithm, retrain what's going into our life so that we can live the kind of life that we really want to live by, in by intentionally interacting with things that will lead to who you want to be. And I think it's so important. We've got to be intentional with interacting with the kind of things that are going to lead to the place we want to be in our life. Now, I want to read this evening from James, uh, James 2, I believe it is, James 2. And we've been, we've been journaling through this together as a life group at the moment. And it, it has been so encouraging in my life group every week, showing up, talking about James. He's a real character. He's a real, um, he's a straight shooter, as you see in the moment. He's kind of like that guy. He just tells it how it is. He's like, mate, this is how it is. And this is how you do it. And so that's James for you. Um, and we're going to read in James 2, 14 to 17. Uh, and then on, actually, we're going to read through till verse 22. So James 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds or, or has no actions that back up their faith? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Isn't that a good point to make? It's like, oh, you're sick, you're hungry, go and be well. Go, go and have some food. It, 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 what James is saying, if, if you're living that kind of life, there's not anything good about just believing the right things if your actions don't back it up. And it goes on to say in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. 
Essentially, it's saying all the right intentions, all the right beliefs, you can have all those things, but it's actually your habits that are going to get you to where you want to be. It's actually your habits that are going to enable you to live a life that actually makes a difference. It's been well said by uh, Wayne Dyer. Our lives are a sum total of the choices that we have made or the decisions that we have made actually lives to what our life is going to be. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of good intentions. I have a lot of good intentions. I intend to be a good father. Uh, I intend to be a good life group leader. I intend to live the kind of life that actually makes a difference. I don't know if anyone else here has some good intentions, but the fact is, if I have all the intentions of being a good father, but I'm not patient with my kids, I'm not actually going to end up being the kind of dad that I want to be. And as I read this scripture, as we were journaling through it um, as a life group, it really just stood out to me. I was like, man, there's a few places in my life that I need to make sure that my faith and my actions, what I believe and what I do are actually lining up. It goes on in verse 18. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds and, I'll show you with, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. And shut up. Man, what a shutdown. Hey? It's, like, it's like, yeah, well, I believe in Jesus. And it's like, yeah, demons believe in Jesus. And at least they have a physical response to what they believe. James is kind of saying like they, they believe in Jesus and therefore their action is that they shudder. They're actually changed by what they believe. If you just believing something and it's not changing how you're acting, is it actually believing at all is the question that James is posing to us. It goes on, you foolish person. This is, this is sharpshooter James. You foolish person. Do you, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was, it not our father, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith, and this is so key, get this. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith and his deeds were working together. Not only did he believe the right stuff, he actually had actions that backed it up. And I think it's so important if we want to get to the place, to that big, expansive life, that life to the full, to that great plan and purpose that God has for us, we actually have to retrain our algorithm so that our habits are leading us, our actions are leading us into the kind of life that we want to live. So we have to retrain our algorithm. The only way I believe to retrain your algorithm is to be intentional with the kind of content that you interact with. Now, I'm sharing this from a place of great success. My Explore page is no longer five-minute crafts. It's no longer people building, well, not many five-minute crafts. It's no longer people building random wooden sculptures. I was so intentional. I was like, what do I want in my Explore page? And the answer was, mountain bikes because it's becoming a part it's becoming a bit of a character flaw and I kind of feel it's becoming a bit too much of my personality but I'm like what I want to see when my op- when I open my Instagram app is someone bombing a fat hill on a motorbike on a mountain bike that's what I want on my Instagram when I when I open it so I went on an intentional process of only watching 
mountain bike videos. All I did was watch mountain bike videos. And as I flicked through, if it wasn't a mountain bike, see you later. I'm not interested. I was holding down. You know, he can hold down on the photo and say, not interested in this. I was not interested in everything that wasn't a mountain bike. And after a couple of weeks of hard work, I'm pleased to say my Explore page is now probably 80% mountain bikes. It makes me so happy. It's what I want to see. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Praise God. It's amazing. Uh, it's so good. But, but I think in this, it's the same way in our life. If we want to retrain our, our algorithm or our habits or, or what we're putting in, we actually have to be really intentional about the content that we interact with. Because the opposite is true in your Instagram algorithm. If you just interact with everything that comes up, that's what you're going to see in your Instagram app. That's what you're going to see on your Explore page. In the same way, if you're just interacting with whatever, if you're not intentional about what you interact with, you're going to have no say over where you're actually heading in your future. So tonight, I want to share two areas I think we need to be really intentional in our interactions with if we want to retrain our algorithm into something that's going to take us into the future that we want to live in. How's that sound? You ready? The first thing we need to be intentional with is our thoughts. We've got to be intentional with the thoughts that we interact with in order to get into the future that we want to live in. We've got to be intentional with the thoughts that we interact with if we want to get into the future that we want to live in. See, I think culture is pushing hard this idea that if you think about it, it's okay. If you just think about something, it's okay if you just think about it. Now, hopefully this is an okay example to give, but I think it really kind of clearly shows this. I was listening to the radio a little while ago. Um, I was speaking about the delightful topic of cannibalism. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I listening to? And they went on to say that it's okay to think about cannibalism. It's not illegal to think about cannibalism as long as you don't eat people. It's okay to think about it as long as you don't do it. Now, it's true, it is not illegal to think about being a cannibal, but I would like to say, I don't think it's wise to think about being a cannibal. Nobody wakes up and it's just like, eh, I feel like eating somebody today. No, it comes through a habit, an algorithm of feeding your mind those kind of thoughts that this is the kind of thing that I'm into. It's the same, I, heard, uh, I was talking to someone about this concept and they said they heard, again on the radio, people talking about how it's not cheating if you just think about somebody else. If you're just thinking about somebody else, it's not Cheating, And I think this is what culture is trying to push. It's trying to push that what goes on here doesn't affect what happens out here. You can, you can think about it. It's much better to think about it than to do it. But the Bible kind of says the opposite's true. If you think about it, you're going to end up doing it. Again, nobody wakes up and just says, you know what? I feel like being unfaithful in my marriage today. I feel like cheating on my spouse today. No, it starts in their mind as they fantasize and they think about and they feed themselves some kind of alternative picture. And what happens is what's going on here is going to end up out here. It says in Luke 6.45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart 
is full of. And I think this is such an important message that we carry, that actually what's going on in your mind, what you're letting float around in your head, actually is going to end up being the kind of life that you're living. The good news is, if you've got good thoughts in here, if you've got positive things going on, man, it is leading to an incredible, incredible future. But I want to encourage us, let's not buy into that lie that if I just think about it, it's okay. If, I just, if it's just going on here, it's okay. I think we've got to be so careful and intentional with the thoughts that we choose to interact with. You're not a bad person for having bad thoughts. Let me put it out there. You're not a bad person for having bad thoughts. But I do think we have a choice as to the thoughts that we actually Inter- interact with. I remember my senior pastor when I was uh, overseas, he used to say, get a bad thought, give it the flick of faith. The flick of faith. I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to give it the flick of faith. I'm going to get rid of that flick of faith. It's not this big deal. And I remember, I remember feeling really guilty when I was younger that, that I had bad thoughts. It's like, oh, I must be just such a terrible person. I remember being so freeing. No, I'm just going to give that the flick of faith. I'm not going to think like that anymore. That's not the kind of thought I want to have. That's not the kind of life I want to live. Give it the flick of faith. Those angry outbursts, insecurity, lack of confidence, it all starts in our thinking. It, thinks with a, it starts with a narrative that we've chosen to interact with, and it leads to a place and to a future that we don't want to actually live in. So if we want our algorithm to be the kind of thing that's going where we want to go, we have to be so intentional about what we f- let float around in our head as we're falling asleep, as we're driving the car. We've actually got to be intentional. I love this scripture uh, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, and this is a bit of a key, I think. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of, of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Man, that's a big thing. We take captive every thought. And the picture I kind of have is it's like we set up an airport security station in our brain. And before you fly on airline Levi's brain, you've got to pass through this this security checkpoint, right? You've got to come through. You've got to go through the metal detector. You're going to get wandered. You're going to get random drug tested before I actually decide if you're the kind of thought I want to let float around in my mind. It's almost like we take it captured, take it, take it captive. And when you take it captive, right, it's, we're asking, what's, what's your intentions? Where do you lead? Where does this thought, even though it might be a thought, where is this actually going? What's the direction that this is headed in? I think we need to do a few tests on it. We need to do the gunpowder residue test. Is this the kind of thought that's going to lead to me exploding later on? Is this, the kind of, is this an angry thought that's going to lead to an angry outburst? Is this frustrated thought something that's actually going to lead to me blowing up at somebody? Is this, this thought about that person's an idiot and that person's stupid? Is this the kind of thought that's just going to lead to an explosion later on? I want to encourage you, friend, you don't have to be a victim to your thoughts. You can take every thought captive and say, I want that one. I don't want that one. Not nah, flick of faith. See you later. I think we've got to do the x-ray. We've got to put it through that x-ray machine, man. Each of those thoughts, is there something more to this thought? Does this thought lead somewhere deeper maybe than it appears at surface level? At surface level, maybe this seems okay, but, but is that actually leading to an unhealthy attitude? It, it might, you know, it, it's, it's not, it, it might seem like a less thing to, to, to think about people in a lustful way, but is it actually leading to an attitude where I treat people as objects? And if it's like, man, I'm doing that x-ray, I don't want my life 
to be like that. I don't want to treat people like they're objects. I want to treat people like they're valuable and incredible. I want to treat people like they have great worth, like God says they have. I think we've got to do the drug test. Does this thought carry something mind altering? (laughs) Is this the kind of thought, these negative thoughts, are they leading to a place where I can't actually see life clearly anymore? If we choose to just keep dwelling on those those negative thoughts and those negative emotions and and those, those thoughts of I guess, uh, of of how bad we are or how not good we are, I think it can actually lead to like a mind-altering state where we can't longer see clearly ourselves and our lives. We end up seeing it through this filter of what our negative thoughts are. So I think we've got to do, we've got to do the drug test. We've got to, I don't know, we've got to get the sniffer dog out on our thoughts and hang on, hang on. I'm not going to think like that about myself anymore. You know what? I, I, I might feel like I might have messed up, but I'm not bad. God made me to be good. He's got a good future for me. He made me with a good purpose and a good intention. I'm not going to fall into the trap of thinking that I'm not valuable. I'm not going to fall into the trap of thinking that my life isn't worth anything. Instead, I'm going to choose thoughts about how good my God is, that He would choose me despite my failures, that He would give me a plan and a purpose for my life, that He would bless me and love me and care for me. Those are the kind of thoughts that I want to dwell on. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and purpose and perfect will. So important. Let's be dwelling on the kind of things that are actually God's thoughts for us. It's saying in that scripture that you're not a victim to your thinking. It's not an excuse just to say, I just, that's just the way I think. It's like, yeah, but... Why, would you, why wouldn't you let God renew your thinking? Why wouldn't you let God transform the way that you think? The second thing I think we've got to interact with, uh, we've got to intentionally interact with, is people. The people we interact with will build part of our algorithm. It's been well said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think if you're in the kind of friendships where people are inter- influencing you in a negative way, It's very much that. You look at them, you'll see where you're headed in five to 10 years. So many people have a testimony that somewhere in the middle goes, I started mixing with the wrong people and I ended up in a place that I didn't want to be. And I think, can I just put out that I think we should be interacting with all kinds of people, okay? I think there's, we've got to be interacting with everyone. If, if you do a little uh, look at your life and you don't have any friends that aren't Christians, it's time to get a new hobby and make some friends that aren't Christians. You can't live a life where you're just insulated by people who all believe the same thing. But at the same time, we've got to make sure where we're in relationships that we're not the ones being influenced. We're the ones doing the influencing. But it's so important that we interact with the right people. We interact and we, we, we're intentional about interacting with people that are going to encourage us to head the direction that we want our life to head. Um, I love, I, I can't talk about people without talking about my life group. They're such an amazing group of people. Um, and, and I love that we get together every week and we have conversations like, how are you trying to grow and what can I do to help you grow? I think it's so great to have people around you who actually care enough about you to want to encourage you in the right direction in life. And if you've just got people that are always talking down on you, it's going to be really hard to go anywhere. Get around some people who are actually intentionally pointing you towards the kind of future that you want to live. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good 
deeds. Not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we want deeds and actions and an algorithm that lead us to a world-changing life, which I believe each and every one of us is called to, the kind of life that actually leaves an impact. We need to be intentional with getting around people that spur us on and encourage us to good deeds, that encourage us to live bigger lives, that encourage us to dream bigger dreams. So who's in your life that's encouraging you and spurring you on to growth? I don't know if you've ever uh, gone to the bathrooms and seen something on your face that's been there for a long time. Uh, it's not a good feeling. Have, has anyone ever done that before? And you walk in and you're like, oh, I have something large in my teeth. And you know the first thought I see, think when I see that, if I've been around people, I'm like, somebody doesn't love me. <laughs> Enough to tell me that I got something on my face. And, and I think we actually need the kind of people around us. It, it, we all have blind spots, right? If you think you don't have any blind spots, there's your blind spot, okay? I'll point it out to you. That's a massive blind spot, thinking you don't have any blind spots. We all have things about ourselves that we can't actually see. So we need to be surrounded and intentional with getting people around us that are happy to point out our blind spots in a loving way, are happy to say, you've got something on your face, you've got something in your teeth. It doesn't mean I doesn't, don't love you. It's because I love you that I'm gonna tell you about this thing. We gotta love one another and build each other up. It's a question to ourselves. Are you the kind of friend that can lovingly share the truth with somebody? They say, I love you, but I see this and I don't think it's actually helpful for you. Love one another. We've got to build each other up if we love one another. Um, I remember just my mum, because it's Mother's Day, I've got to tell a mum's story. When we used to do cross country at school and she'd stand on the biggest hill and she'd stand like halfway and she'd stand there and she would cheer and she'd say, you can do it, you can do it. And she'd do it to me and to all my friends as, we, as they went past. And one year she encouraged someone she thought was my friend. She said, come on, Andre, you can do it. And this dude who was actually a great older than us was like, I'm Bob, <laughs> I'm not Andre. But she's out there, man, she's encouraging. and. You know, why do we encourage people? It's because we want to see them win, right? That's why you encourage them, because you want to see them win. Come on, do you love your friends enough? Do you want to see them win? Are you going to encourage them? Are you going to spur them on to do better things? And hey, just a note on encouragement, specific is good, okay? Specific is best. Encouragement is good. Specific encouragement is even better. Saying to Matt and, and Jordy, you guys did a great job hosting tonight. That's good. Being a bit more specific is way more powerful. Like, I haven't really thought through this, but I really appreciate both of these guys did that at last notice. And I just appreciate that both of you are so flexible that even at last minute, you can step in and actually host in a real way that takes the service from somewhere and takes it to an even better place. So why don't we thank Matt and Jordy? They're awesome. But specific encouragement is powerful. Be a specific encourager. So are there people in your life that want to see you win? And do you want to see the people in your life win? Be that kind of person. See a need, see someone struggling, not judging, but getting down and saying, hey, I know it's hard. I know you're hurting. I know you're having a rough time, but you can do this. The future is better. This isn't final. There's more ahead for you. Come on, let's be the kind of friends that spur one another on. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. Truth and love. I kind of think truth and love are kind of like 
handles of a bicycle, if I can put it that way. You know, too much, too much truth. We all know someone who shares too much truth, right? It's like, man, sometimes the truth without any love, it can actually really hurt. In the same way, love without the truth, well, isn't really love at all. It's a balance we've got to find where I want to lovingly tell you things that might be in your blind spot to help you grow. The Bible also says in Proverbs, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, faithful of the wounds of a friend. And the, and the Greek for that is a man, and it means to support or to build up. In other words, when your friend hurts you, it's building up, it's supporting you, it's, it's strengthening you. And not, not because they're trying to hurt you, because they might tell you something that's hard to hear. Uh, I, I had a friend one time, he crashed his bike into a tree and broke his arm and his collarbone on opposite sides. So he couldn't do anything for about six weeks. And he was so thankful for the tree. He used to be like, man, I'm so glad I hit that tree. And I'm like, why are you glad you hit the tree, man? It, it, it damaged you. And he's like, because behind the tree was a barbed wire fence. And if I hadn't hit the tree, I would have hit the barbed wire fence. And I think we got to be the we got to be tree friends. That this might hurt, but I'm trying to stop you from running into a barbed wire fence. It might hurt that I have to tell you this. It might have. It might hurt that we have to sit down and I have to say because I love you. I don't think that relationship's helping you. I don't think your attitude towards this is helpful. We've got to be the kind of friends that are like trees. That man, it might hurt for me to have to tell you this, but I'm telling it to you because I love you, and I'm doing it in a loving way. I'm not just saying you're an idiot. Stop doing that. I'm doing it from a place of truth and love. A friend that really loves you doesn't tell you what you want to hear, but they tell you what you need to hear. Sometimes the truth hurts, but we need to love people enough to say it and be humble enough to hear it ourselves. We've got to be loving enough to say it and humble enough to hear it. And honestly, if you've got a good intention friend that tells you truth that hurts, even if it's not right, man, that's a valuable thing. A person who's willing enough to risk the friendship because they care for you, man, that's the kind of friend you need to be intentionally interacting with. So come on, if we want to reset, we want to, we want to retrain our algorithm. We've got to be intentional with the kind of thoughts that we're interacting with. We've got to be intentional with the kind of people that we're interacting with because those things are going to determine the actions that we have in our life. And it's the actions in our life that determine where we're headed in our life. Not just the head knowledge. It's what we're putting, when, it's when we're putting the rubber to the road. It's when we're acting out what we believe. That actually determines the kind of life that we want to live. So I hope you're encouraged to retrain your algorithm. Take it from me. It wasn't as hard as I expected to train my Instagram algorithm. And if I can be honest, even this week, if I, as I've focused on retraining a few things in my life, a few parts of the algorithm I wasn't happy with, it happens over time. Each decision I make to take a thought captive, to not think that way, to interact with someone who builds me up, to, to love on someone when they need love and on, to get down in the trenches with someone, it's retraining my algorithm and pointing me towards the kind of life that I want to live. Hey, would you stand with me this evening? I'd love to pray for us. I'd love to pray for us. And, and I just want to encourage you just real quick. Jesus actually wants to reset your algorithm. He actually carries the power to just give you a fresh reset. 
If you need a reset in your algorithm, He wants to see you win. He wants to see you live a life to the max, life to the full, as Scripture uh, puts it. He knows the good plans and the good purpose that He has for your life. He's not sitting up there waiting for you to mess up so He can, you know, point at you and say you've messed up again. He's in the trenches fighting with you. And, and I just really think, friend, that there's some people tonight, you just need to invite Jesus in and say, would you reset my thinking on that? Would you help me to think better about that? Jesus, would you come in and would you, would you help me to break that negative thinking? Would you help me to take those thoughts captive? Jesus, would you give me the wisdom to be able to discern what's helpful and what's not helpful? Jesus, would you help me to get around some people that are going to build me up? And hey, just quickly, the key to that, if, if you're thinking, where are my friends that'll say those kind of things? The, the Bible says, he, he who wants friends must himself be friendly. So why don't you focus on being that kind of friend and you're going to find yourself surrounded by those kind of friends. And I think as you get around those people, we can retrain our algorithm and live that great big life that God has called for us. Can I pray for you? Why don't we just close our eyes? Jesus, I just thank you for each and every single person here tonight. And I pray just as we've been speaking this evening, I pray that you've been bringing things to the surface, just in people's subconscious, things that you want to help them retrain. Maybe it's patterns of thought, patterns of action, actions that probably lead back to a pattern of thought. Maybe it's uh, the way that people interact with people. Jesus, I just pray right now that you give each and every single one of us the wisdom to be able to discern what's helpful, what's not helpful, what's from you and what's not from you. I pray you'd help us to take every thought captive and to be the kind of friends that spur our friends on to even bigger things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, one more thing. Maybe you've never been on a journey of doing life with Jesus, or maybe you've been off that journey for a little while. Can I just say again, he's the, kind of, he's the kind of God who's in the trenches with you. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants to do this journey of life with you. And tonight, maybe you want to start the journey. It's as simple as maybe saying just in your heart, like, Jesus, would you make yourself real to me? I want to go on a journey of doing life with you.